You are tuned into CFCR 90.5 FM. It's time for the nerdy news. And this week you have me in studio, Joey. And you will hear from Hank without Craig. And you will also hear from Brandon. And we have a bunch of stuff to talk about. Uh, Hank's going to talk about his adventure with the show Loudermilk. And uh, how that led to an interesting call with 911. And that inspired me to share a little personal anecdote about an obsession that has been brewing for a couple of years now, uh, Zane Gray. So we'll get to that in a bit. And uh, Brennan is also going to talk about cartoonist Kayfabe. It's an awesome YouTube channel with Jim Rugg and Ed Pisker, and they deep dive into all kinds of cool comics. And if you haven't checked this out before, it is an incredible resource. If you are at all a comic book fan, they go into all kinds of cool stuff, and they quite often will do reviews of like older stuff, which is really, really interesting. So he's going to talk about that a bit. I'm going to talk about some Zane Grey. So I'm not sure exactly how this started, but a couple of years ago I got really interested in reading westerns. And I've always loved watching westerns, but I never really read much of it. And I started with the Louis L'Amour and got into a bunch of those and some of the like books on tape, which are really good because they're more than just a reading of the work. They often will put in sound effects and stuff like that and have different actors do the voices. So they're really compelling. They're awesome to listen to in the car. And I think that's what got me hooked initially. But I grew into Zane Grey as a result of Louis L'Amour. And a little over a year ago, Dave bought me a huge compendium of all of the Zane Grey stories. And we've slowly been working through them together. It's something that we do on the front porch in the summer or in the car on a road trip where one will read to the other a story or part of a story because they're usually quite long. And it's a really fun way to just entertain ourselves with books because books are awesome. And uh, yeah, these are super good. So I started to do a little bit of research about Zane Grey because I was interested in him and uh I do have a little story that I will get to. Zane Grey was an American novelist who was born in 1872. He passed away in 1939 of heart problems. He was a novelist and a dentist. You don't see that combo very often, I don't think. He wrote prolifically. And he wasn't super successful right off the bat, but when books started being published as paperbacks, that's when his work really exploded and a lot of it happened posthumously. He had so much in the bank book-wise that he was able to keep releasing stories long after he died. In fact, he had new books come out yearly until 1963 from all of his old manuscripts, which is pretty cool. His work has been adapted a ton. He has had over 110 movies and shows from his works. His first story that he ever wrote was when he was 15 years old. It was called Jim of the Cave, and his dad tore it up and beat him for it. His dad was very abusive. He had a really, really tough life, and uh, he wanted to leave home as quickly as possible. He was quite a baseball player and that was his ticket out. He was able to go to the University of uh, Pennsylvania on a baseball scholarship. 
and that's where he met his wife, which uh, she actually did a lot of proofreading and editing for him, even though he was well known to be a philanderer. He was not an honest man that way. He was not a one-woman man at all. He was a teetotaler as well, uh, but he was, uh, yeah, he cheated on his wife a lot. Sigh. All right, well, I love his books. Sometimes you just have to separate the artist from the art. His first book was Betty Zane, which came out in 1903, and it tells the story of his family. So they were pioneers on the frontier, you know, fighting off invasions and there were wars and things. It's a really good book. Betty is a compelling heroine. She saves the fort at once, making a daring dash to go and, and get more uh, bullets and supplies. It's, it's an amazing story. And of course, it has the romance. And I think that's what differentiates the Zane Grey stories from the Louis L'Amour stories, at least for me, at least the ones that I've read so far, is that there's always a romantic element. There's always a woman for the lonely cowboy. And it's kind of sweet and nice. And he has, I think, a more sympathetic approach to First Nations people than most Westerns do. He has a lot of respect for the abilities and just the spirit of survival of those folks. And so it's interesting to read that in, in his work as well. Overall, he published about 90 books or so. I think about 70 of those were Westerns. Uh, he did books on hunting. He did six children's books, three baseball books, and nine fishing books. He was really a good, able fisherman. He spent some time in Cuba and devoted to fishing as well. His best-known, best-selling book was uh, Riders of the Purple Sage in 1912. It was filmed five times. It's been adapted into movies five different times. I'm gonna have to track those down. I really like that one and just finished that one recently. It's kind of weird because it's the story of this woman who is very wealthy. She is Mormon and the Mormon community does not like that she helps out the, the general population. And so they decide to ruin her. Yay! And uh, some folks come to her rescue and she eventually has to give up everything and escape, which super sucks. But that's just the way that these things go sometimes. Uh, in some adaptations, they've changed the evil Mormons who ruin her to just kind of general bad men which is fine as well. Uh, his other probably best known work, Lone Star Ranger. This had four different movies and a comic in 1949. And of course it later became TV's Lone Ranger. So lo and behold, Zane Grey is the inventor of the Lone Ranger. Pretty, pretty cool. His fans love him. And there is still a Zane Grey convention every year and if you're interested in going this year you can start your bookings now it will happen October 14th to 17th in Lone Pine California one of these days I might have to just go and check that out that's super cool so uh, yeah so that's just a little bit of information about the man himself now as far as the books go I've only recently like I said in the last two years started reading them and I haven't made a full dent in them, but I recently acquired a bunch 
And I'm going to tell you the story of how that happened. So I made a contact with somebody who was trying to get rid of a bunch of Westerns. And I said, hey, I love Zane Grey and Louis L'Amour. And if you got any of those, I'll take them. And it took a little while for us to like get in contact with one another. And she was like, well, you could come over here and pick through them. And I was like, well, that's kind of weird because I don't really know you that well. But if you're just trying to get rid of them, I would happily take them go through, take what I want, and then donate the rest to Books for Crooks or to Symphony or wherever. So she was happy to be rid of them, and she left them outside for me. And so I went over to her house after work one night, and there were 25 boxes of books. Yeah. And so I loaded them all up in my car. My car was completely full. I could not have filled one more spot with a book. Took them home, brought a bunch in, was tired so I thought okay I'll do the rest in the morning and somebody saw all the boxes and thought oh that looks like it's worthwhile and smashed my window took two boxes and then dumped them down the block in the alley because they realized that they were worthless books so I salvaged those back had a little bit of snow on them but not much and then I went through them and there were so many different kinds of Westerns that I'd never even heard of. There were uh, The Trailsman, Long Arm, The Slocum Tales. And it's weird because like a lot of these series have over 400 books in their series and they're still being made and I had no idea. So anyways, I had all these books, I went through them all and I think out of all of those books, there were like 16 that were Zane Grey and Louis L'Amour. So it goes. Sigh. So got my window fixed at great expense and uh, yeah, have all these books. So I thought, well, maybe I'll take a few down to Periton to see if, you know, I can recoup the cost of my window. And Amy and her staff were so awesome and I got a little bit of credit. But while I was there, I saw some gorgeous hardbound issues of Zane Grey. And I was like, well, I'll take these and I'll pay the rest. And she was like, hey, wait a minute. I have way more. And she went in the back and she pulled out like 40 more books. They had about 60 of the 75 that were in the series. And so now I'm on the hunt for the ones that I don't have. And I have this amazing beautiful looking collection and I have almost all of them. So, you know, sometimes it, the universe works in mysterious ways to get you what you want. And uh, I just want to put a shout out to Periton Books because they are awesome. So yes, Westerns are great. I'm going to give you a quick review of the most recent read, uh, Zane Grey Under the Tonto Rim. And this one is a little bit different because it is from the perspective of a woman. So our protagonist is Lucy and she has been tasked with going into the backwoods to educate families into having a better life, teaching them to be more efficient, more clean, that kind of thing. And she learns something about herself in the bargain. And when Ed Denmead, wild bee hunter, makes a beeline for her heart, wow. It's pretty sweet. So it's a kind of a cute little tale, very different from the other Zane Grey stuff that I usually read, but an awesome read. So get on the Zane Grey bandwagon. 
Okay, we're gonna take a quick break and throw things over to Hank, who's gonna tell you about his 911 ordeal. And then Brennan's gonna talk about some stuff. And then uh, I'll give you a few picks for things coming out this week and next. So take it away, fellas. Well, thanks, Jody. Hey, punchers, it's me, Hank. And guess what? This week, I am without Craig. I'm Craigless. No Craigers. Why? Because you remember a few weeks ago when the rumors were spreading that I had died from a horrible illness? Well, guess what? I'm still here, and Craig, now he's dying from a horrible illness. But guess what? He'll be here next week. I talked to him a few minutes ago. He's under the weather, but he is on the mend. He will be back next week, so you don't have to worry. So don't send us anything to Facebook and the Instagram and the YouTube and all of that. Don't worry. Craig will be okay. And it just so happens that I've got a story to tell, which would probably take up most of our time. So it's a good thing Craig isn't here anyway. So a few weeks ago, my buddy Mike Fisher, he gave me a call and he was like, Hank, have you watched Louder Milk yet? And I said, a what now? And he said, Louder Milk. And I went, Louder? Like, meaning like everything's getting not quiet, it's getting louder. He's like, yeah, and milk, like from cows, you know, you drink it with your Fruit Loops in the morning. And I'm like, I do have Fruit Loops in the morning. So louder milk, all one word. And I went, no, I have not heard of such a show. He said, it's on Netflix. You got to watch it. It's pretty cool. Now, Mike, usually I'd say I'd probably give him a 95% on what he has recommended to me is always, uh, almost always great. So I said, okay, I'm going to check this out. And he said, now, while you're watching the show, there is an episode where a guy goes and hits somebody pushing a shopping cart out on the street, hits him with his car, or hits the shopping cart with his car, then what you need to do is you need to put the show on mute and just leave the subtitles on until that scene's over. I went, what are you talking about? He's like, trust me, just turn off the sound, put the subtitles on until that scene is over. Then you will be fine you're going to love the show. So uh, I waited about uh, about a week and a half and I started watching the show. So Louder Milk, it was on a network in the States. Uh, I don't remember, but it was a network like uh, AT&T or something like nobody had this network. Um, and of course it didn't last, but this show, uh, created by Peter Farrelly, uh, who also wrote a lot of the episodes, I believe, and directed a few of them. Uh, he's also the executive producer. So it's one of the Farrelly brothers comedy, I guess a dark comedy, also drama starring, uh, Ron Livingston and Will Sasso. And it is about, uh, Sam Loudermilk, who is a former music critic and a recovering alcoholic who runs in Alcoholics Anonymous or Substance Abuse Group uh, in a church in Seattle. And it is about him and how he interacts with everybody and about his day-to-day life. And then you find out as it goes on kind of how he became an alcoholic and his love life really isn't going too well. And it's I don't want to spoil anything, but it is uh, a great show to watch and uh, kind of a dark comedy and uh, drama in there. Uh, the episodes are a half an hour long, so it's an easy watch. Three seasons on Netflix. And I guess what happened was after that network it was on originally went under, Amazon had the rights and they aired the first season, but then Netflix bought it. So now Netflix is all three. So all three are on there. And Peter Farrelly said that he wants to do seven seasons. He's got story arcs uh, all the way up for seven seasons. So hopefully if enough people watch it on Netflix, they will keep it going for a few more seasons. So I'm watching Louder Milk. It's about 2.30 in the morning. And uh, all of a sudden, this scene comes on where this car, boom, 
smokes this guy with the shopping cart. Shopping cart gets knocked over. The guy gets hit and he's like, what are you doing? And the guy gets out of the car and comes over. He's like, I'm so sorry. I hit you here. Can I give you 50 bucks? And we'll call it good. And the guy's like, $50? This is a traffic accident. What are you talking about? I'm going to call the authorities. So me forgetting what my buddy Mike Fisher told me. I'm sitting on the sofa. I've got my Mac open doing a little bit of work because I get my best work done between about 1am and 3am. So I got my Mac open. I also have an Apple HomePod right there in the room and my phone's there as well. So this guy goes, hey, S-I-R-I, call the police. Well, you know what happens when you've got a lot of Apple devices around and somebody says, hey, S-I-R-I, call the police? Well, all your devices try to call the police. So what happened was the uh, Apple HomePod kicked in and said, oh, hey, I can't perform that uh, action because you haven't set up voice commands, something rather, something rather. And I was like, oh, my God, that's what Mike was talking about. He could have told me. And he did tell me, put the subtitles on and put it on mute. But sure enough, I'm like, then my Mac is showing that it's trying to call the police. I'm like, oh, my God, it's like, close the Mac. Well, I forgot that my phone was like way on the other side of the sofa. And all of a sudden I hear in the distance a little hello, hello, hello. Are you OK? Hello. And my phone had called 911, and the 911 operator is on there um, trying to find out what is going on. So, of course, now I pick up my phone and I go, I am so sorry. I didn't mean to. So, I explained what happened. I said, There's a show called Loudermilk on Netflix, and it gets uh, S I R I to call uh, the authorities because of what happened. And I didn't realize the HomePod went off, my Mac went off. I forgot I had my phone. I shut the other two down. Oh my God, please don't send the police are you sure, sir? And I'm like, no, really, this was a complete accident. It was the television show. I I am so sorry about that. My buddy warned me. I didn't know what he was talking about. Please do not send the police to my house at 2.30 in the morning because if they show up and my wife gets woken up and my kids get woken up, I will never hear the end of it. And then everything's fine right now. But if those police show up, my wife will actually murder me. And then the kids are going to be without a mom. They're going to be without a dad. It's going to be a whole thing. So please don't send the police. So once I, I talk to uh, the... Uh, um, a very nice person at the uh, 911 call center at uh, 2.30 in the morning. She said that everything would be okay, and it's not the first time that something like this has happened. But I, uh, of course, told her what Loudermilk was and said, just in case you get another phone call, in this episode, when the shopping cart, I said, legit. And I said, it should be taken out of the show. Because why would they put that in there? And I can't stand most of the time. Uh, there's a show. I forget what the name of it is. Uh, we watch it like all as a family here. And they uh, say Google all the time. And of course, in our house, we are open to all different forms of uh, things spying on us. So we have a lot of Apple devices. We have a lot of Google devices. We even have a couple Amazon type Alexa devices in the house. And, uh, you know, they're always listening. But to go and put it in a show. And then all of a sudden, every device is, well, I didn't understand that. Can you say that again? Can you watch? It is enough. So I am trying to figure out how I've already sent a message to the louder milk people through social media. I'm trying to figure out how to get a hold of the right people at Netflix to be like, come on, just take it out of the show. Just take that one scene out of the show, because if I didn't realize that my phone had called, the police would have been here by 3 a.m. and my life would have been over. I would have been feeling worse than Craig is right now. So 
Loudermilk, watch the show when you get to the scene where the guy's pushing the shopping cart and he gets hit by a car. Just put it on mute, listen to the subtitles, and just fast forward through that part if you have any Apple devices. That's it for me. My name is Hank. Remember, everything punch-related, including episodes of this radio show that you are listening to, can be found on YouTube, at PunchYXE, all over Facebook, all over the Instagram, and the radio specifically is all over wherever podcasts are available at PunchYXE. Now I'm going to throw it back to Jody and and Brennan. And next week, I will be back with the one and only Craig. Bye-bye. Hello, Punch listeners. It is Brennan here once again with some more ideas to help change your life. That's right. We're not here just to entertain. We're not here just to inform. We are here to give you ideas and concepts to elucidate your culture, to open your comic and fandom chakras, as it were, to make you an all-around better person. Yes, it is a lofty goal, but it is one we do not shy away from. Now today, I'm going to go back to the comic realm specifically. Now, I feel a bit bad. I haven't talked about physical comics for a while. I've talked about some comic-adjacent media, right? Whether it be shows or movies. And I was going to sit down and and actually read a hard copy comic. And then I realized I've been watching yet another YouTube channel. I know. Again, I feel like I don't know why I even buy into these streaming services when YouTube is right there. That I have yet to talk about. And I feel as though my CFCR Punch Radio listeners, I have let you down. Because as a comic person, this needs to be on your list. So on YouTube and as a podcast... Today, I am talking about Cartoonist Kayfabe. That's right, Cartoonist Kayfabe with the hosts Jim Rugg and the infamous Ed Pisker, okay? So, Ed Pisker, if you don't know, he calls himself, well, on on his very, very short Wikipedia page, which I love because he can't be bothered to make one, an alternative comics artist. I would call him more of like an outlaw artist. If you think of the alternative comics of Robert Crumb, someone that was this amazing artist and brilliant with his ideas, but never really sought to be part of the mainstream. That's Ed Pisker. The only difference is he has done comics like X-Men, Grand Design, uh, one of the phenomenal celebrated X-Men series. He's also done Hip Hop Family Tree, uh, which talks about the uh, hip hop music and his culture and how it came to be. And then he also did Red Room, which is this horrifically graphic, people pay to watch people kill people online kind of thing. Amazing artist, great ideas. He kind of looks like someone that if he hasn't committed a crime, it's a good thing he's a comic book artist because he probably would. Jim Rugg, (laughs) on the other hand, is a bit more of a straight ahead kind of comic book person. He did the Hulk grand designs. They both have these grand design titles, which they've both done. He self-publishes Street Angel and one called Aphrodisiac. Um, Afro, where he won an Eisner Award for Best uh, Humor Comic. He's done a lot of writing as well for uh, TV and other things. Now, Cartoonist Kayfabe is a channel they host together. They do a daily show where they put a comic, quote-unquote, under the microscope. They literally have a physical comic, and they put it down, and they go through it page by page by page. No, they don't read the comic, but they talk about the story, they talk about the historical significance, they talk about the artwork, they talk about the writing. Uh, it's like a master class 
in how to read comics and understand comics. Uh, they'll do spe special wizard episodes, which I guess have got them a lot of viewers. Whenever they pull out, it'll be like a 1996 wizard and they'll go through it. And that kind of helped get them onto the radar. Uh, they have something called the kayfabe effect because they always talk about back issues mostly. If you're part of their Patreon, you get first access to actually watch the show. You can watch a live screening of it as they record it. And cut down the kayfabe effect. So sometimes, apparently according to them, books will jump up in price once they've talked about it. So you can get it first and then, uh, I don't know. It sounds kind of like a speculator thing, which I, I don't like, but you get the idea. The thing is, listening to Ed Pisker and Jim Rugg talk about comics is mind-blowing. Just because they know artists, they know inkers, they know storytellers. Uh, they do a game where Jim Rugg will pick random panels from comics from whenever, 70s, 80s, 60s, and cover up the rest of the book. And Ed Pisker out loud will talk about who he thinks the artist is based on random panels. And it's amazing how, as he talks through it, how it looks and the coloring... Most of the time he's right, even if it's very obscure. It's a great reminder of the history and the heritage and like the tradition of comic books and the artistry of it. We sometimes forget that you know, people dedicate their lives to doing this and, and it's what an art form it really truly is. I was even thinking the more I watch it, if I was told I had to get rid of one media, whether it's like music or movies or books or comics, I would probably keep comic. Okay, I would keep comics, but I'd have to keep music as well. For printed media, for visual media, media, if I had to, to be honest, I'd probably get rid of all my books and movies and stick with comics. The only thing I don't like about it is that I don't have friends that come over and read my comics with me, like together. And I think that's what, the only thing I'm missing, I bet you if I could go somewhere and read comics with people, like a comic club, but actually like read, we all bring a few issues and then we read through them like silently and then talk about them afterward, I would probably actually get back into comic book reading. Anyway, Cartoonist Kayfabe. Check it out if you're at all interested in the art of comic book making and just the details of it. These are two masters talking about it on end. It's mind-blowing. Just the names they can drop and references they have just out of a drop of a hat. It's truly impressive. Make sure you check it out if you're at all interested in comics and comic culture. And once again, this is Brennan saying, I'll talk to you soon, Saskatoon. Okay. Thanks, guys. S-I-R-I. -I. Don't say it out loud. I won't say it out loud, so it won't trigger anything in your homes, I hope. I hadn't even thought of that as a possibility that that could happen. Very interesting. Okay, two things that came out this week. Uh, Moon Man from Image. This is written by Scott Kid Cootie, the Scooty, and Kyle Higgins, who did Radiant Black. And the art is by a new artist, Marco Lucati. It is a really cool sci-fi looking, and it's it's a thick book. And it's about this guy, Roman. He's um, back home after a failed moon mission, and he's trying to return to a normal life, but unfortunately can't. Not going to say anything more about it because it looks really cool. Somna, number two. This is from the distillery label. This is from Tula Lote and Becky Cloonan. Very sexy but beautiful artwork. So yeah, not for kids, but definitely one to check out if you haven't. And one to put on your radar for next week if you are a kid of the 80s and you want a little nostalgia trip, then you might want to go to your local store to pick up Thundercats. Number one comes out next week. So Wednesday, it'll be hot on the shelf. So don't miss out. 
And that wraps up another week for Punch Radio. You know where to find us here every Friday at 6 on CFCR 90.5 FM. And in the meantime, keep your dukes up. Thank you.